Chapter Three of Zadig, or the Book of Fate, by Voltaire. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Zadig, or the Book of Fate, Chapter Three. The Dog, and the Horse, etc zadig found by experience that the first thirty days of matrimony as tis written in the book of zend is honeymoon but the second is all wormwood he was obliged in short as azor grew such a termagant to sue out a bill of divorce and to seek his consolation for the future in the study of nature who is happier said he than the philosopher who peruses with understanding that spacious book which the supreme being has laid open before his eyes the truths he discovers there are of infinite service to him he thereby cultivates and improves his mind he lives in peace and tranquillity all his days he is afraid of nobody and he has no tender indulgent wife to shorten his nose for him wrapped up in these contemplations he retired to a little country house on the banks of the euphrates there he never spent his time in calculating how many inches of water run through the arch of a bridge in a second of time or in inquiring if a cube line of rain falls more in the mouse month than in that of the ram he formed no projects for making silk gloves and stockings out of spiders webs nor of chinaware out of broken glass bottles but he pried into the nature and properties of animals and plants and soon by his strict and repeated inquiries he was capable of discerning a thousand variations in visible objects that others less curious imagined were all alike one day as he was taking a solitary walk by the side of a thicket he espied one of the queen's eunuchs with several of his attendants coming towards him hunting about in deep concern both here and there like persons almost in despair and seeking with impatience for something lost of the utmost importance young man said the queen's chief eunuch have not you seen pray her majesty's dog zadig very coolly replied you mean her bitch i presume you say very right sir said the eunuch tis a spaniel bitch indeed and very small said zadig she has had puppies too lately she's a little lame with her left forefoot and has long ears by your exact description sir you must doubtless have seen her said the eunuch almost out of breath but i have not sir with notwithstanding neither did i know but by you that the queen ever had such a favourite bitch just at this critical juncture so various are the turns of fortune's wheel the best palfrey in all the king's stable had broke loose from the groom and got upon the plains of babylon the head huntsman with all his inferior officers were in pursuit after him with as much concern as the eunuch about the bitch the head huntsman 
addressed himself to zadig and asked him whether he hadn't seen the king's palfrey run by him no horse said zadig ever galloped smoother he is about five foot high his hoofs are very small his tail is about three foot six inches long the studs of his bit are of pure gold about twenty-three carats and his shoes are of silver about eleven penny weight apiece what course did he take pray sir whereabouts is he said the huntsman i never sat eyes on him replied zadig not i neither did i ever hear before now that his majesty had such a palfrey the head huntsman as well as the head eunuch upon his answering their interrogatories so very exactly not doubting in the least but that zadig had clandestinely conveyed both the bitch and the horse away secured him and carried him before the grand destrahem who condemned him to the knout and to be confined for life in some remote and lonely part of siberia no sooner had the sentence been pronounced but the horse and bitch were both found the judges were in some perplexity in this odd affair and yet thought it absolutely necessary as the man was innocent to recal their decree however they laid a fine upon him of four hundred ounces of gold for his false declaration of his not having seen what doubtless he did and the fine was ordered to be deposited in court accordingly on the payment whereof he was permitted to bring his cause on to a hearing before the grand desterham on the day appointed for that purpose he opened the cause himself in terms to this or the like effect ye bright stars of justice ye profound abyss of universal knowledge ye mirrors of equity who have in you the solidity of lead the hardness of steel the lustre of a diamond and the resemblance of the purest gold since ye have condescended so far as to admit of my address to this august assembly i here in the most solemn manner swear to you by orosmades that i never saw the queen's illustrious bitch nor the sacred palfrey of the king of kings i'll be ingenuous however and declare the truth and nothing but the truth as i was walking by the thicket's side where i met with her majesty's most venerable chief eunuch and the king's most illustrious chief huntsman i perceived upon the sand the footsteps of an animal and i easily inferred that it must be a little one the several small though long ridges of land between the footsteps of the creature gave me just grounds to imagine it was a bitch whose teats hung down and for that reason i concluded she had but lately pupped as i observed likewise some other traces in some degree different which seemed to have grazed all the way upon the surface of the sand on the side of the four feet i knew well enough she must have had long ears and forasmuch as i discerned with some degree of curiosity that the sand was everywhere less hollowed by one foot in particular than by the other three i conceived that the bitch of our most august queen was somewhat lameish if i may presume to say so as to the palfrey of the king of kings give me leave to inform you that as i was walking down the lane by the thicket side 
i took particular notice of the prints made upon the sand by our horses shoes and found that their distances were in exact proportion from that observation i concluded the palfrey galloped well in the next place the dust of some trees in a narrow lane which was but seven foot broad was here and there swept off both on the right and on the left about three feet and six inches from the middle of the road for which reason i pronounced the tail of the palfrey to be three foot and a half long with which he had whisked off the dust on both sides as he ran along again i perceived under the trees which formed a kind of bower of five feet high some leaves that had been lately fallen on the ground and i was sensible the horse must have shook them off from whence i conjectured he was five foot high as to the bits of his bridle i knew they must be of gold and of the value i mentioned for he had rubbed the studs upon a certain stone which i knew to be a touchstone by an experiment that i had made of it to conclude by the prince which his shoots had left of some flintstones of another nature i concluded his shoes were silver and of eleven penny weight fineness as i before mentioned the whole bench of judges stood astonished at the profundity of zadig's nice discernment the news was soon carried to the king and the queen zadig was not only the whole subject of the court's conversation but his name was mentioned with the utmost veneration in the king's chambers and his privy council and notwithstanding several of their magi declared he ought to be burnt for a sorcerer yet the king thought proper that the fine he had deposited in court should be peremptorily restored the clerk of the court the tipstaffs and the other petty officers waited on him in their proper habit in order to refund the four hundred ounces of gold pursuant to the king's express order modestly reserving only three hundred and ninety ounces part thereof to defray the fees of the court and the domestics swarmed about him likewise in hopes of some small consideration Sadig, upon winding up of the bottom was fully convinced that it was very dangerous to be overwise and was determined to set a watch before the door of his lips for the future an opportunity soon offered for the trial of his resolution a prisoner of state had just made his escape and passed under the window of zadig's house zadig was examined thereupon but was absolutely dumb however as it was plainly proved upon him that he did look out of the window at the same time he was sentenced to pay five hundred ounces of gold for that misdemeanor and moreover was obliged to thank the court for their indulgence a compliment which the magistrates of babylon expect to be paid them good god said he to himself have i not substantial reason to complain that my impropitious stars should direct me to walk by a wood's side where the queen's bitch and the king's palfrey should happen to pass by how dangerous is it to pop one's head out of one's window and in a word how difficult is it for a man to be happy on this side of the grave End of chapter three